the other thing too is saying you're at that point of reaching your goal. Your goal was to win, you know, the Super Bowl. You're there. Why blow it by being foolish and letting the other things come in the way of it, of these distractions and different different obstacles that are there? Knock it off. It's time to get down and buckle down. This is what we're here for. You build up the hype of the game. You, you let them understand that you're going to have, you know, 70, 80,000. Now, some, most stadiums naturally will hold that as it is, but it's a different atmosphere. Well, uh, with all of us stuck at home right now, I am excited to inspire you today and introduce you to one of the sports world's biggest mental coaches Shane McGowan. He's got a lot of background in our world, you guys. I I don't really know how to explain the certifications that he has, but he's got a lot of them. He's got 30 years in the fitness industry and has trained some of the biggest names in sports. He's the founder of Mental Edge Performance, which focuses on training athletes, teams, coaches, parents, organizations, helping people reach their goals, using the strong mental game, promoting athlete awareness, performance, and managing, leading, getting rid of anxiety, self-doubt, the fear of failure, goal setting, finding your success. That's what every athlete has in common. You've probably noticed every athlete getting on social media right now talking about what makes them tick, what makes them successful, because there are all of these things that make a great athlete succeed. And they're not what happens on the court, on the field. That's what Shane's gonna bring us today. Here's Shane. Well, Shane, you are here with me on the podcast. So exciting to have you on the show today because you have not only worked with so many people, but you are so accomplished yourself. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm hanging in, you know, it was <laughs> I was a long night. I just didn't get much sleep. But you know what? Turning things around this morning. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And you're right. It's been a wild weekend of sports activities, everything like that. But I'm doing right? great. I'm ready to get going. Good. Awesome. Where are you right now? I'm actually in Canada. I live oh, up in wow. Winnipeg, Canada. Yep. So it's a little cold. So I'm trying yeah. to get back down to a little south, a uh, little warmer uh-huh. weather and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure with your job, that must take you a lot of different places. You're able to kind of travel and see some different weather. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, what I do is basically I work with athletes, coaches, teams on, you know what, getting their mindset in the right position for what they have to do. So, I mean, athletes nowadays, they work on the physical part, the technical part, the nutrition part, everything that there has to be, but we're not always working on our mindset. So if you've got fears, confidence, motivations, different things like that, that you got to work on to build on for your game to get to that next level. That's where I come in as a mental game coach, uh, sports psychologist, everything like that. So our job and my job specifically is to make sure that you are at the proper peak level for your competition. Wow. So would you say that you work with athletes most while they are in competition or preparing for a season or is it kind of a mix of both? It'll always be a mix of both. Um, You know, many athletes from the grassroots, I try to hit a lot of students at the grassroots, just getting into it and understanding that, you know, dealing with adversity as their game or performance, whatever they're involved with, 
they understand that they're going to lose, they're going to win, how they uh, deal with those excitements. And then from there, as we start moving up to college levels, pro levels, everything like that, it's a whole new ball game. The mm-hmm. speed of the games of every sport that you do goes so much faster. And some, some athletes have a hard time adjusting to that. Yeah. So what I try to do is just say, listen, you know what? We got to break it down. So come off season, still work on the mindset as everything else that you're doing. But normally come, you know, as they say, uh, training camps, everything like that. And then you start getting the playoffs. You always got to maintain certain mm-hmm. things. And this is where I got to come in and help them do that. I mean, especially some sports that, as an example, MMA or boxing, it could be every year, it could be every three months, it could be whatever right. that you're competing. So you, you program it so during their training camps is when you would be working with them compared to uh, basketball, hockey, football, things like that that are like a, a season long, you know, every week, every month type of deal mm-hmm. like this. So mm-hmm. it varies from athletes and sport to sport. So it sounds like you have to approach each sport, each athlete differently based on what their season looks like, what the longevity of their career looks like, kind of what their mind is going through with that. Exactly. And and that's it. Exactly. I mean, every sport is so different. I mean, you know, you could have layoffs, but again, like I said, is depending on when you're going to be involved in your activity is when I'll get a call or, you know, I'll start working with them and everything. It's just, it just depends on what happens. And again, too, is sometimes things get canceled too. You know what I mean? So they've been preparing as an example, boxers, they'll be preparing like no tomorrow. And then all of a sudden their opponent gets injured and boom, they're, they're cut. They're cut from a show. They can't find somebody to replace it right away. So they've gone through all this work, all this, all this energy, cutting weight, whatever it is to have it backfire on them. And you still got to kind of keep them up and say, listen, let's just see what happens. See if they can get you another bout really quick and everything like this. So they can have that yo-yo effect at certain times, which isn't always a good thing. But I mean, this is all part of it and dealing with adversity and everything too. So uh, I love what I do. And I got some great, great people that I work with. Uh, no question about it. Lots of excitement. There's no, no if and buts about that. But again, every sport, every athlete, and every coach team is so different. Right. So what would you say would be the most rewarding part of your job? I, my, my biggest thing is watching them come out of their shells at certain times, get over the things that have been bothering them, whether it be just certain fears or, or seeing their confidence evolve so high and, and just seeing them take off to that next level. And, and whether they win or lose, the fact of they're, they're growing as that person each and every time, that's huge. For me, that's huge. And seeing that they're actually learning, a lot of times – you know, they question themselves. The trust issue always comes in. Um, people always say, well, what's the biggest thing for athletes or coaches? I, I, it's fear. It's fear of failure. It's a trust in themselves. It's a confidence in themselves. And when you can see that evolve and see that they're doing so much better uh, because they've worked so hard on this, to me, that's huge. That's huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge for me. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the athlete mind is much more moldable for you because when you are an elite athlete you have to think a certain way to be able to perform at such a high level of competition versus Joe Schmo over here who you know just goes to his everyday job and you know not saying he doesn't do a good job but might not have to think a certain way and really get inside his head and have a certain kind of mentality so is it easier for you to work with these elite level athletes in a sense because they are able to be trained well it's a give and take because You get a here's here's the example I'm going to give is you get some athletes that will say, I would love I love what I do so much that I, I would do it for free. 
I'll, I'll play ball for free because I just love the game so much. Um, and sometimes I'm so anxious, but I got to calm it down a little bit. Right. You get some of the prima donnas that are like, I ain't playing until I get paid. So that attitude is already, oh, I got to bust through this attitude because they already kind of think they know it all. They know everything, but they're still making mistakes. They still, you know, have their issues at certain times when it comes to, you know, the faults of dropping the ball or running or, or something so silly, but they'll blame everybody else. So you try to get them out of that mindset to say, listen, it's a team game. You got to do and work on you first. So you got to kind of, you get all different personalities, all different attitudes, you know what I mean? And it's just how they relate to you. Um, that's a huge thing. When it comes to to what I do, if the athlete is not receptive to, to me, to what I'm giving you, to what I want you to do, then it's not really going to work very well. I've been very fortunate that I, I have that knack where they like, they, they understand and, and the way I present it to them, it's not a demanding thing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's making them just think a little bit about it and go, okay, yeah, you're kind of right. I, I get where you're going with this. Mm. You build off of that. You build off of that trust because like I said, we have to have trust that person and I, no question about it. Just like they have to trust what the process is from the coaches, from the teams and everything like this. And even as an individual, you still got to trust in yourself, but you got to trust what I have to say that's going to get there and, and make them see that. So like I said, you have all kinds of extremes of saying, well, is it easier to coach a high profile player? Yes, it can be. But sometimes there's some there's some difficult ones out there, too, that are a little interesting at certain times. But like I said, they fall for it. They understand what you got to do and they understand what my job is for them. And again, their success is huge and I want them to be that successful. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, Championship Sunday wrapped up yesterday, and I'm reading through a couple things this morning, and Richard Sherman is getting into this, you know, battle with Darrell Revis, and, you know, basically kind of pumping himself up and saying, well, you have no idea what it is like to score a defensive touchdown. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. But when you see something like that and you see an athlete who performs at such a high level on Sundays or whenever their stage may be, and then they kind of get that, um, you know, that aggressiveness going out on social media or out in the public. How would you be able to take that mindset and kind of say, hey, like, let's tone it down. Let's turn things into a positive. Where do you go from there as a coach? You know, social social media, I mean, if you think about it and go, well, 20 years ago, never had that. I mean, it was yeah. guys would wait till they got on the field or, or the hockey or basketball, right. whatever it was. And then they voiced it. Duke then. it out. Yeah, exactly. Or they did it between sportscasters, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and yeah. shoot their little shots then. Yeah. Now it's like, doesn't matter because it just flies out there. But the biggest thing I, I always say to these guys is like, look, it. some use it to fuel them. Some use that social media to get them even more sparked up and to try to get the rest of their team in this, this example, Richard Sherman, a little bit more adrenaline rush and saying, I'm going to go to another Super Bowl for a second team and win. And, you know, I'm going to make sure that my teammates who are on board with me understand that all of you negative haters out there, you know, think that we can't do this and I'm no good and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to prove you wrong. And that's who right. Richard Sherman is. That's his personality. And, and yeah. once you get to understand everybody's personality. Now, is he a great guy? Of course, he's a great guy. Amazing man. And, you know, but the thing is, these are little sparks that each person, you know, uses for their advantage. Some people just shy away from that. Saying, I don't want, I, I just want to 
stay away from all that stuff. I'm focused on what I got to do, what my game is. And I'm not much of a trash talker in that way. Uh, I laugh at it, whatever, but I don't want to be involved in this because mm-hmm. I got too much other things going on. So they're not going to get inside my head. Others feed off of it. They want it. And if you've ever seen Richard Sherman play, understand who he is. He loves to talk. There's no question about it. Yes. So this is his motive and this is what he does best. But like I said, I, I expect that by the time you get to Super Bowl week, it's going to kind of tame down a little bit of him and that. And he's going to be more focused because he knows what his job is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So would you say that there are certain sports like maybe football or or MMA, boxing? Like, would you say that there are certain sports where this kind of mentality comes more into play? It's a little bit more aggressive and you have to work with these guys a little bit more as far as other sports that might not be so aggressive or, or I mean, where do, where do you see that? Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Look at you take MMA nowadays too. same yeah. thing. I mean, it's nonstop about everybody calling everybody out, you know, and they do it 24 seven. As soon as you win, well, I'm the next in line. You're, you're Mm -hmm. avoiding me, blah, blah, blah. So it's nonstop with that. And yeah, there comes a point where you got to kind of look at and say, okay, game plan is what is your goal? Where do you want to go? You know what I mean? So if you're looking to go in this situation, like Conor McGregor, as an example, Mm -hmm. just won as well, came back. Yeah. You know, boom, knocks the guy out in 40 seconds. Perfect. No problem. Yeah. Everybody's calling him out. You know what I mean? And the reason they're calling him out, and he knows this, is because he's the money maker. So he knows that whoever goes in with him is going to make a lot of money too. But I would ask Connor and say, what's your goal? Like, do you want the title in that division? Or do you want to just keep making certain money, you know, with some guys that will 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 make you another eighty million dollars or so. But if you have the title, your legacy, and this is something he brought up too, and which I'm I'm listening was his uh-huh. legacy also depends on titles where he's established himself. So he doesn't want to just pick anybody. He's got to look at what's benefiting him. And if he goes for a title shot, as this example, he now then can pick and choose some of these guys that keep calling him out. You understand? So right, yeah. he, can make, he can sort of make that direction dictation of what he wants to do compared to just every guy that just has one and is kind of in the mix and say, hey, Connor, give me a shot. Hey, Connor, give me a mm-hmm. shot. He can be like, no, I'm taking the title first. Yeah. Then I'm going to see who should be, who's going to also make me money, who's going to look good on a pay-per-view and who do I think should be ready for this next one. So you've got that kind of situations as well. And I mean, mm-hmm. some athletes are very smart about that and they understand the game that's played and the promoters and everybody like this, but others just go rambunctious and they'll just keep chirping and chirping and chirping, you know? So like I said, in, in that situation, that's what I'm saying is that when it comes to the, the social media aspect of it yeah. and, and what's fueling you, guys like that have to keep it in control. They'll, they'll still shoot back and forth tweets and everything like this. But in the long run, they understand what's best for them. And as they say, best for business for them as well. Right. So they have that competitive fire under them. How do you reframe that mentality when they go into a match, when they go into a game to calm them down and not worry so much about what's going on on the outside or what somebody else may think, what a fan might think, um, and worry more so about winning? Right. Those are all distractions. And that's the biggest thing is we got to work on, too, is if you're easily distracted and you don't use it to benefit you in your sport, right, then you're, then you're hurting yourself. There's no question about that. You're hurting the team um, and everything like this. So distractions are huge when it comes to, to much of this. And you'll see 
especially come media week and Super Bowl, mm -hmm. the distractions of the publicity, the the fans, the the atmosphere, everything like that for new new guys coming into that have never been. It's it's exciting. It's like I mean, you'll know when you're yeah. down there just yeah. how wild it, it crazy yeah. it gets. And it can overwhelm you at times. And that's where the coaches and, and the veteran players need to kind of step up and say, it's another game. You got to understand it's another game. When it's done with, you win, you can celebrate and understand more of it. You're going you're gonna to enjoy what's there. There's no question about it. Every coach is going to say, enjoy this time. In right. Embrace it. Enjoy it. But understand what your job is. Don't get caught up in that hype. Don't get caught up in everything. You do your interviews, you set off, you got practices, you're going to have your family there, but there also comes a point where it's like, okay, the family's gone, focus time is now on the game itself, and there's also the, the distraction of the halftime shows too, because it's so much longer, you know what I mean? Yes. used to these routines, you know, the structure of it and stuff, it can throw you off, so they start to practice in that way of saying, okay, it's halftime, we've got a little bit longer to go, you know what I mean, so that you're not getting yourself too revved up for that second half or anything like this. So there's a lot of things that go into this. And I give the coaches a ton of credit because they really need to be on their game to be sharp for their players and team to get out there and perform, especially when it's a like close game, you know what I mean, in some ways. And how are you going to move on in that second half? So there's tons of distractions. My job at that point would be saying, put it on hold. You've done this before. This game is so important. You love the hype. You love the atmosphere, but let's show them what you can do. Let's get out there and do what we got to do. So that's the type of things that I would be working with them on that stuff. I love that you brought up Super Bowl because I've, I've only been out once before back, gosh, four years ago in San Francisco. And I don't think people realize how much of a party atmosphere it is during the whole week. And these players are trying to focus. And it's so funny because like when I was up there the last time, I just coincidentally was staying at the Broncos team hotel. And the difference at that hotel versus everywhere else in, you know, Super Bowl Village and everywhere else that everyone was, was immense. It was insane because there's so much going on. There are so many media events. There's so many fans there. Um, but these guys are trying to focus. And I don't think people really realize how much focus it takes to get through that week, not just because you're preparing for the game, but because there are an incredible amount of distractions beyond what any guy has ever dealt with. Wouldn't you say? Exactly. And that's the whole thing, especially it, especially if you haven't been to the city itself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one yeah. thing. So well, Miami, go, of course, too. Of course. Is you be, know, yeah. You're in Miami. It's 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 going to be crazy as it is. You're going to get everybody coming in from all around. The weather's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening around you. But again, too, is the media has now progressed. And every year, more and more booths are coming out, more and more fan mm -hmm. and like yourself and everyone else doing different interviews of shows and podcasts and stuff like this as well. So it's it's grown. And that's fantastic for everybody and everything in the sport. As a player and as a team in that way, you got to also look at it and say, okay, there's only so much I can do because really my job is to win the Super Bowl. My job is to go out there, play ball, and do what I got to do and eliminate all these distractions that I have in front of me. I've done my media week. It's now game time. You know, mm -hmm. so – you know, but as fans, you're always trying to get that picture with so-and-so. You always want to yep. be where they are. Uh, you want to get the gossip going, too, and everything like this. And, and that's another distraction, too, is hopefully the players don't mess themselves up sometimes by staying out too late and doing something foolish like yeah. it has happened <laughs> numerous times in, in big games and everything like this. So 
there's a lot of little things that have to have to go on. And I'll give it this credit is, you know, Tom Brady, who is without doubt the goat of it all, understand and understood what it's all about. And he would lock himself in the room and just basically do videoing of game films of what to expect, what's going on and things. I would expect that nowadays this is a lot more of what these players are going to start doing is right. well, get themselves focused and keep themselves focused and in the moment leading up to the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I totally, totally agree. So when you're trying to get a player to lock in for a big game um, and they're kind of starting to veer towards the distractions, what's the number one thing you do to pull them back? The biggest thing is you got to remind them, what are they there for? Right. What is what are you here for? Um, you know, whether you whether you're a starter or whether you're you're a backup or you're just even on that bench for the ride or anything like that, you play and you focus like you're starting each and every time because injuries happen, things happen, people go down. You got to be ready for that next man up to get in there. The the other thing too is saying you're at that point of reaching your goal. Your goal was to win, you know, the Super Bowl. You're there. Why blow it by being foolish and letting the other things come in the way of it, of these distractions and right. different different obstacles that are there. Knock it off. It's time to get down and buckle down. This is what we're here for. You build up the hype of the game. You, you let them understand that you're going to have, you know, 70, 80,000. Now, some, most stadiums naturally will hold that as it is, but it's a different atmosphere because they're half cheering, half booing, you know, um, the, the fireworks that are going off and understanding that it's one and done now. You know what I mean? This is it. This is it for your season after. So you got to go out there and let it all hang out. You let it all ride out. You do everything there is. But if you weren't prepared leading up to it, you know what I mean? This is what's going to happen. That timing that's off with your quarterback receivers, that timing of your defense, the stunts that you want to run, everything like that, you need to be game face and ready, and that's it. So like I said, leading up to it, there's no question, a lot more pep talk in that way to keep Mm -hmm. them going and focused but wait till the timing comes of the game to be at the highest peak level for them to perform. Right. Was there a significant time in your life, would you say, that made you realize you needed to help other people develop this mentality? Or did you struggle with this mentality earlier in your life? Well, you know what? When I started off, I played I played football, so I understand okay. what it was all about and yeah. out there. And, and I realized that there were times when I was like, dang, I can't, I can't get focused as much as I should. You know, I always had the hunger. I mean, I, I played defense, so I like to hit. There's no question yeah. about it. I, I get out there and ball and hit. But there also came a point when you're messing up on certain things and you never had that necessarily a coach or anybody like that that would be able to, to tell you to calm it down. You know what I mean? The performance anxiety would sit in and so much and, and you'd be amped up to do what you got to do, but you couldn't figure out a way to calm it down. You weren't, you were losing track at certain things. And so as time went on with that and I started coaching a little bit more too, I started realizing that, you know, it's not just the physical anymore. Even in myself, it became more mental. Why am I not, I'm seeing athletes out there not really putting much effort in. Why are you not putting that effort in? Well, I'm scared. Okay. So you got the fears, you know, you're, you're afraid of this, or I don't have the confidence. I'm afraid I'm going to mess up on a player. I'm going to mess up on this, this, Okay, so we're going to work on the confidence and trust issues, you know, and then it all starts to add up. And then you realize why this is so important, why this needs. And it starts at, like I said, young ages. But as they start making a run for the pros and that college level and they're overwhelmed and they're 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 going, I got all these scouts. I got everybody looking at me. I can't bomb this. That's when you bomb it because you put that self-doubt inside of you. 
And it's hard to get out of it when it happens. It's a, it's a snowball effect and just keeps going and going yeah. and going, right? So that's when I started to realize more and more of how important what I do and what is needed as part of coaching and coaches, staff and stuff. Because look, at coaches do their job. Offensive, defensive, everybody like that. They have specific jobs for their players at certain positions in any sport that you talk about. But they don't have that mental game coach always there on hand to say, hey, so-and-so, go talk to Shane. Go talk to this guy. Go talk to whoever. Let's get you ready because you're good at what you do, but you're also missing something too. You know what I mean? You're missing that that extra little bit of trust or fear, whatever that you have, that overwhelming you. You know, let's calm it down and let's get you out there and ready to do because we need you. That's the biggest thing is we need you, but we also need you to be at 100% too as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you bring that up because I feel like the more that social media has blown up, the more that we've just been able to cover more teams, more mental coaches have become more present with professional teams, right? So we've taken this like better approach at dealing with mental health, dealing with players who are dealing with more adversity off the field and saying, hey, like athletes are more than, you know, their touchdowns, more than their stats. So would you say that we still have a long ways to go as far as dealing with the athlete mentality or where do we stand right now? You know, oh, there's no question about it. We got a long ways to go. I'll always say this. You're a person first, an athlete second, right? So as this person, if you've got different issues, different things that have been bothering you and and everything like that, um, you know, we need to get that taking care of first to allow you to be who you are, to be the happy individual, the exciting person that you want to be and live life to the fullest and play at a job that you love to do as well and let it all flow and be as one. So you're right. A person is first. The the second is the athlete or job or whatever, even in general life, in daily life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everything like that is second. But let's get you being the best person that you can be first. And that's where it starts. So like I said, is talking to them on their outside lives too. I mean, everybody thinks, like you've said before, hey, you're making the millions, you're doing everything, you're going yep. to all these exotic places, fantastic and stuff. Why are you depressed? Why are you down? I don't understand this. It's like, well, no, I'm a person. And, and in my own personal life, I've got certain things that are happening. I've got other distractions that are happening and I have to deal with those. That's what we got to work on first to allow you then to perform at your peak level, at your highest level. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot more still that has to be done. And I'm so more proud of many athletes now that are coming out and expressing that and coaches that are encouraging it, organizations that are encouraging it and making it there so that, you know what, it's not just that, that stigma. It's not just anything. And it's also allowing college high school and young kids understand that it's okay for this because that's where it's going to come from as well too. And they need to discuss it. They need to talk about it with their parents and with everybody else, just so that they understand you're that person first, the athlete second. And as that person, we need to get you feeling great and being you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you bring up the parents because I think back on, you know, obviously watching so many movies where you've got the intense sports parent, usually usually the dad who just wants the kid to live out his his professional dream, right. right? What would you tell a parent who is just not realizing that their kid is struggling with something going on inside their head while they're playing a sport? And uh, you kind of need to reframe things for not just the kid, but the parent as well. You know, sport, sports parents could be quite wild. There's no question about that. Um, hockey, as they've always said, hockey yeah. parents are the craziest, right? They'll, they'll pound on the glass and everything like this. And 
sometimes nowadays it's a lot more of the moms doing it than the yeah. dads do. So it's kind of like, whoa, you know, you got to slow it down a little bit here. But the biggest thing is understanding is that, yes, you're right. Many of these parents live through their kids because they didn't make, you know, where they where the kids are right now. They weren't successful enough. And so they think they're going to be the next, you know, the next Wayne Gretzky, the next, mm-hmm. uh, you know, next superstar hockey player in that way. Totally. And you're like, you know, you got to understand. And, and every coach will tell you the same thing. Your chances are only about 5% that you're going to even get a chance in the NHL, right? Because it's so, it's so small, the amount that's growing. Embrace and enjoy what you have now. If you want to work and improve with skills, do camps, do everything like that. But if the child is not having fun, you're not going to get anywhere. You know what I mean? And that child might have a great talent that just hasn't come out yet. But if you push too hard in, in the wrong way, it's going to backfire on you big time. So the encouraging words are, yes, you did amazing. I always tell parents that after losses, you know, after your team or, or your child has lost in a game, mm-hmm. don't talk about it for about a day. Give it that day. Give it that time to just let it simmer down, cool off, whatever it is, and then come out and say, so, you know, how do you feel after yesterday's loss? And let them then bring it out and say, because they got to, they're already angry at themselves. They're already angry at everything. And if they're the ones that made the worst or bad plays or something, they're even harder on themselves. And parents are going to, and the last thing you want to hear is dad or mom yelling at them for screwing up on something, as they would say, just let them get it out of them first and then say, okay, you understood what you did wrong, time to fix it. And you go from there. So yeah, there's a lot of times you got to pull parents in just for that second and good coaches We'll actually do that at the start of seasons. Yeah. They will bring in the parents and say, I'm the coach. You're the parent. Love your child. Let me critique your child, you know, and that's it. And that's the way it should be. So uh, that's what I like more nowadays about coaches that are involved in that way with the young ones and saying, parents, my show, you're going to watch from the sideline. Enjoy it. Win, lose, draw, whatever it is. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It is so true, though, that as athletes, elite athletes, we are our biggest critic. So usually the stuff that's going on inside your head is mostly because, you know, either I'm not good enough or I need to be better or whatever it may be. And to have another force, whether it's a person or whatever, maybe that's pulling you down and thinking you're not trying hard enough or something's going on because you might have a mental block is the hardest thing I think that an athlete can deal with when inside, you know, you are your hardest critic. I know for me, that was always the biggest struggle. Yeah. And and that, that hardest critic ends up becoming a perfectionist. Yeah. And when you become a perfectionist, you start to realize and say, well, there's nothing I can do right. I can't do anything right. I'm, I'm constantly messing up and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. First off, nobody plays perfect. The greatest athletes in the world don't play perfect, but they understand what it's like to play their best. They understand what it's like to play the hardest. They train to be the best that they can be. They can be. Not to be perfect, but to do what they can do and be the best that they can be. And that's how you got to think. So I always tell young ones and say like this, nobody plays perfect. And you give the example, you give the LeBrons, you give everybody out there and say, they don't play perfect. They play great. They play very, very well, but they also mess up too. But they're the ones that understand that and realize I'm not doing well today. I need to take a step back, let others in front of me do their thing. And I'm going to give it my very best. I'm not going to quit but nobody plays perfect. And I really try to avoid that word perfect because like I said, when it starts getting 
caught up in your mind, it stays there. And you think everything has to be perfect, just like expectations. To me, expectations is one of those words that if you don't meet it, you're going to blow your confidence. And, and I hate that. And I, I will always make sure that I never use that word. Well, you're expected to be at this level. Well, you're expected to be this ranked. So you're expected then to win, et cetera. No, no, no. We're doing our very best. We are, we're playing at the highest level, but we're not always going to use that word expectations because it will hurt our confidence when we don't make it. And it hurts our trust as well, too. So there are a couple of words I will make sure and I tell people don't use the words when you're trying to build yourself up of what your career and goals are moving forward, because those words will pretty much sabotage you if you don't make it. So, so, so true. So as far as your business currently, what does a day to day look like for you? Day to, well, day to day is is like this, and most of it as well too. Yeah. Uh, between doing shows, I also do every Sunday on Fox Sports uh, nine twenty the Jersey. I do a show with them as well out there. I have my own podcast, and then it starts because time frames from East Coast, West Coast, and Europe, and everywhere yeah. else. I'm I'm my my phone and everything is buzzing to say okay, disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. We are yeah. talking to so 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 so, and and you go from there and you start to get homework in from them of what their week has been like, what their days have been like, what they have coming up. And we go back and forth, lots of Skyping in that way. And then you look at the travel arrangements to say, okay, well, we've got this event coming up. I need you there. You know what I mean? And so on. So that's, and plus I write for behind me, train fitness magazine as well. Mm -hmm. USA today, uh, articles as well every week and things there too. So all this is in a day and I love it. Right, but it keeps me busy. Totally. Well, that's why I was wondering. I'm like, you are such a busy guy. You've got a lot going on, but it sounds like you're able to meet with these clients virtually. A lot of my thanks to technology, but you're able to virtually get your job done. Exactly, and and as well, I also teach taekwondo too, as well too. So 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 I do that at at night. So I'm keeping everything intact. You know what I mean? And I'm very fortunate enough with that that my boss there as well, who I work with. He's got a daughter who's actually going, who just qualified for the Olympics for Canada. So, wow. I mean, yep, she just made the qualifications and she's got, and he also has his nephew who's also looking to qualify as well within the next little bit for 2020 Olympics. So I love what I do. And, and I just keep it going in that way, because like I said, to me, this is the most needed as well as seminars as well. And I did a seminar for an, an investors uh, group because they want mm-hmm. to know about team building. Yeah. So I'm like, Okay, I'm I'm used to dealing with athletes, not not people that handle my money. You know what I mean? But I understand where it comes from, so I had to do some research on what they actually do and say, okay, you know what I mean. So you can flip this around with what I say and replace athletes with just individual people, and realize that it's always needed for everybody. You know what I mean? And so from the confidence, from the trust, from everything, from team management, team building. You know, you don't have to be the, the athlete, but just everybody in general needs to understand that this is what we need in life. And a person like myself and others that are out there are there for you in this way. So I love what I do. And this is my daily life. And, and I just keep enjoying it. And the more and more is the greatest. So, yes. Yeah. Very busy. Totally. Well, as you go about this crazy schedule, what would you say is the number one tip that you use to remind yourself to keep a positive mental attitude and keep yourself in check? That's it. Exactly. You know, for everyone else that can look at their own schedule, even yourself, right? You look at your own schedule because I know you're just as busy as everyone else too. Mm -hmm. The balance of life and what your profession is. 
Now, your profession, you love what you do, but you got to balance life as well. And the biggest thing is understanding that I'm motivated because my goals are, and this is every one of us should have that goal. This is what my goals are and have a short, mid and long-term goal. So my short-term goal is getting through my weeks of understanding what my schedule is like. My middle is where am I going to be at certain times? And my long-term is I want to be that very best. And so this is what I'm out there to achieve. So just like in yourself, you know what I mean? And if I use use this example here saying, Mm -hmm. This is what my week is all about. I got all these people coming on. I've got to, and then I got to edit everything. I got to do all this stuff. I'm going to boom, throw it out there. And then I've got venues coming up of Super Bowls and everything like this. At the end of it though, I want people to look at me and say, that girl's the best. I want to be on her show. I want to watch her shows and stuff. Those are the goals. And we all need to set them to help us keep us going each and every day and realize what is it that I want in the end. So that's my motivation to keep going. And that's my motivation for everybody out there too, no matter what you do in life. Oh, I love that. So how would you tell somebody to determine what their number one goal is? Because I feel like so many times we get pulled into so many, you know, quotes and things that we want to do. So how do we determine like our number one goal? What do we set our minds on? You know, your number one goal is basically looking and saying, first off, am I good? Am I good at what I do? Right. Because you got to, you got to self. And this is a biggest thing. Look in the mirror and say, I'm good at what I do. And I love what I do. And for me to continue moving forward, there are things I got to work on and I got to be able to critique it. You got to take the criticism that comes with yeah. it too. And not everybody can. But if you're able to be strong enough like that and say, it's criticism that is needed to allow me to get better. And that's, I think, where most people kind of bomb themselves or self-sabotage themselves is they take criticism too harsh instead of saying, it's good criticism to help you be your very best on certain yes. things. You know what yes. I mean? So if you can figure that out and you can relate to it and understand it, you can keep moving forward and forward and forward into which, and the end, you are starting to see those little goals happening and you feel good about it. And, you know, as an example, you make it through a week of a, of a heavy task of, of job stuff that's coming up, like for yourself, you know, in interviews and everything like this, you get through the whole week and you go, whoa, that was just like amazing. All yeah. the people I had on and stuff. You feel great about that. You know, totally. I mean? you're looking yeah. forward to the next and everything like that. And in the end of it, when you added it all up and you looked and said, what was as an example, 2019, like, well, what was 2020? Cause I want to surpass what 2020, you know what I mean? I want to do all that. Those are the goals. And that's, what's going to keep you on track and keep you motivated and hungry for it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. No, it's so true. I mean, I fell asleep. I crawled in my bed on Friday in my clothes because I was so tired because the week was so packed with work, but it was like such a good feeling, right? It is. And and that's the whole thing. You're right. You know what I mean? It's packed and stuff, but at the end of it, you look and go, wow, this was fantastic. Like, seriously, I cannot believe the people that I'm able to talk to. I can't believe the stories that people have out there about everything. And I'm in you are able to throw it out there for everybody in the mainstream public to hear it. And then those people look and say, hey, I've had that happen to me. Hey, Mm -hmm. I understand what they're saying. They're not the athletes all the time. They're just moms, dads, parents, everybody around that are listening into your your shows and stuff and going, I can relate to that. I needed to hear that. You know what I mean? So I'm so happy that somebody is doing that. And that's what it comes down to. So like I said, yes, at the end of it, you're right. You're going to crawl in the bed with all the clothes on, wake up and go, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But it was worth it. And now, totally. boom, let's start next week. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. I feel like we covered so much. Is there anything else that you want to leave us on? Some little pearls of wisdom you want to drop us off with here? You know what? My pearls of wisdom is this, is that 
do what you believe, love what you do. But the biggest thing is trusting yourself, stay focused, stay motivated. Goals will change. Your short, your mid-range goals will always change to get to that long-term goal. And be okay with adjusting to that. Understand that there are going to be slowdowns and setbacks, but you can persevere through that. There's going to be the adversities. It's you inside as that strong person to say, I'm going to get through this. All right. I'm not going to allow a roadblock in front of me to stop me because I know how good I am. And that's the biggest thing is trusting in yourself, but believing in yourself and having that confidence, eliminate expectations, eliminate perfectionists, and just be the best person that you can be. And you're going to make a difference. You really will make a difference in whatever you're doing if you can believe in yourself and don't sabotage with negative thoughts, positive affirmations. Talk to yourself. Be positive each and every time. I love it. Oh, great way to leave us on here. I love positive affirmations. So let's do it. Well, Shane, this has been so, so fantastic. I will throw all of your info in the episode show notes so people know where to find you because obviously you take other clients and such, right? Yes, always. Okay. Great. All right. Well, um, if anyone wants to hook up with Shane and get some great wisdom one-on-one with him, then you can go ahead and do that. But Shane, obviously, it was just so fantastic having you and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Bridget. Take care. Have a good one, everybody. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, thanks for tuning in today. As always, make sure you go subscribe to the After Orange Slices podcast. Click that button. Give us a little rating, a review. Love to hear what you think. And uh, hit me up on Instagram. Slide into my DMs. They're always open. Of course, we're giving you a behind-the-scenes action all there on my Instagram. Check out the stories. Um, But, yeah, just hit me up. Would love to hear what you think. We're putting out lots of episodes with exciting guests and content coming up. (laughs) 